welcome to Econa Day Unplugged. It is Tuesday, January 9th, 2018. With me today are Jeremy Hawkins in London and Mark Pender in the Poconos. I am Ann Picker, Econa Day's Chief Economist. Let's start our conversation today in Japan. After an extended holiday break, Japan has returned to active markets. Growth is finally more pervasive. The economy has grown every quarter during 2016 and 17. That is seven consecutive quarters of growth as measured by GDP for the first time in 29 years. A plus is that consumer sentiment is improving finally, thanks to strong corporate profits backed by low interest rates and a stable exchange rate, relatively speaking. Higher corporate profits are starting to point for Japan pulling out of deflation as companies begin to invest more for future growth. However, and there's always a however, inflation has kept the Bank of Japan's monetary policy in a continuing easing mode. And regarding inflation, the GDP deflator, which measures price movements over the entire economy, economy is the chief yardstick. It, along with three other indexes, have climbed into positive territory in the July to September quarter for the first time in 25 years. And the government believes that the economy has entered a new phase. The stark reality is that Japan's inflation rate is still well below the 2% target that the Bank of Japan envisioned with the government back in 2003. Prices, excluding those for volatile fresh food, rose only 9% in November from a year ago. That's less than half the target rate. The Bank of Japan, which has continually had to postpone when it would re let me start that over again. The Bank of Japan, which has had to continually postpone when it would finally reach its goal of two percent, now says around fiscal year two thousand nineteen, which ends March twenty twenty. Mark, how goes inflation in the US? And this week we have a very busy schedule. It's all Really, on the indicators uh, centralized, we're going to get retail sales on Friday, but that's a digression. Um, we're going to get uh, inflation readings. We have import and export prices on Wednesday. Today is uh, Tuesday, January 9th. Then on Thursday, we are uh, followed with producer prices. And on Wednesday, we have the consumer price report, which is, of course, the key report. What's interesting, what we've been seeing in the inflation numbers is – a little bit of pressure underneath the surface. Uh, Import-export prices have, have definitely been showing a little life. Uh, it's probably uh, related uh, mostly to energy. And the reason I say probably is because there is a, um, you know, a, a latent pass-through into uh, consumer goods that does take a little time. It doesn't always appear. But we have been seeing a little bit of life there. We've, uh, we had a 0.5% rise in the export side of that report last month, which is very favorable, and a 0.7% rise You're, in the import. Mark, excuse me, you're, you mean a monthly increase, not an annual increase. Right. This is, uh, we'll be talking about monthly increases 
uh, for the most part. And when I step back and we'll talk about annual increases, those uh, will be into the one with a one percent handle, and maybe uh, occasionally with a two percent handle. But if you have a zero zero point five, that's a big monthly. Uh, increase. Um, and that's what we have been having. In fact, uh, we've had uh, those kind of digits uh, all through uh, this report for the last, uh, going back to um, July. Um, and we've also seen this pass through, not pass through, but we've seen it appear also in the producer price report. And this is wholesale prices. We've had four, uh, four straight 0.4%, uh, three straight 0.4% gains uh, at the headline level. And when you uh, break this down and you uh, take out different components, it really doesn't go down. It goes down a little bit uh, when you uh, remove energy. Um, and that's an important factor now because you know, with oil now uh, approaching $62, $62 um, it's a reminder that oil is the wild card here. But what we've seen in the producer price report is um, uh, pressure traction in service prices like uh, healthcare services, legal services, it's still not extraordinary, but it's definitely on the upswing. But what's not on the upswing it has been consumer prices. We'll get that on Friday. Here, the economy expectation is only 0.1% at the headline level, and that's on expectations that um, gasoline prices. You never know how gasoline prices will pan out. They have all different ways to track them, but until it actually comes out in, in the consumer price report, you really don't know. Uh, and at the, at the core level, which excludes food and also energy, the uh, candidate consensus is only 0.2%. So we're really not getting any uh, traction where it counts, uh, and that's in the consumer's pocket. And, and, and until, and I think this is the how it uh, relates with wages, where growth has been soft, very soft, is that as long as uh, consumer prices are stable, then uh, uh, workers aren't going to be really having to demand higher wages. And we saw that today in the JOLTS report, which is an employment report, uh, which tracks openings and hirings and quits rates. And uh, workers are very... Uh, content to stay with their employers, and employers are very content to stay with their workers right now. And that is an, uh, a disinflationary or an uninflationary uh, setup. And I think that relates really with the consumer price report. And one last thing about the consumer price report is that uh, what really states or underscores how soft it is are the housing and medical components. Housing makes up about uh, more than 40% of the report with medical about 10%. And these have been moderating. That, that is that they've been showing less pressure. So the inflationary look is very flat. And uh, it's the, you know, the anomaly of this expansion that a high, strong labor market has not resulted in inflationary pressures. Thank you, Mark. Onward to Europe and Jeremy. Okay, well, I suppose if we're playing snap, then I'd, I'd really have to say snap as well, um, because it's much the same picture as far as the continental Europe Europe's concerned at the moment. Don't have obviously we don't have any hard data as far as January is yet, but really if we just look at the way the real economy is performing, there should be a lot of smiley faces at the next ECB Council meeting. Uh, that's what's scheduled for January the 25th. Um, the numbers we've had released over the last few days, we've had the Economic Sentiment Index, which is one of the, the central banks 
its favourite um, surveys of, of the broad eurozone economy. The summary index there hit its highest level since what back in 2000, and within that survey, we saw new record highs on the industrial confidence measure, and indeed, consumer sector morale was not far off its peak as well. Uh, Non-auto retail sales are up 1.5 percent on the month in November, and bear in mind these are volumes; we're not measured in cash terms as they are uh, stateside. Um, that was its best performance since October 2016. And today we had a strong unemployment report in the sense that we saw the rate there declining another tick to 8.7%, which is its lowest since January 2009. Um, in terms of the rest of this week, it's really just the industrial production figures from November on Thursday to concentrate upon. But with Germany reporting today and showing a 3.4% monthly rise in its industrial production, uh, that was its best number uh, since 2009. Uh, it really looks if that's going to come in pretty high and probably above market expectations as well. So in a nutshell, then the Eurozone economy at the moment looks as if it's starting to turn the corner in moving into 2018 on a really impressive note. However, as we've talked about so often in the past, the inflation numbers are still very much lagging. Uh, last Friday, we had the flash December HICP, as we call it over here, um, for December. That showed an annual inflation rate of 1.4%. So that's down a tick from the 1.5% reported last time round. And the core rates were disappointing as well. Uh, the two main measures there just held steady at 0.9 on the year and 1.1% on the year as well. So in other words, no change in inflation whatsoever. Now, looking ahead, and your question is, Mark, we're saying, you know, why is it still low? Well, over here, we've got to say that the labour market is quite clearly tightening as the unemployment data uh, today showed. However, we just look at the breakdown of that. I don't go through all individual countries, but it's worth noting, I think, that we've got Germany now running with an unemployment, a national unemployment rate of just 3.6%. So that's the lowest figure we've seen there since, what, the reunification. Um, but we've got France still running at a high 9.2. Italy's up at 11%. And Spain, despite what has been a pretty strong labour market over the last couple of years or so, that's still up at 16.7%. And that may be why the wages uh, are not responding perhaps quite as rapidly as the likes of the ECB has expected. Now, with regards to where we go from here, I think something worth keeping on over the next few days will be what happens in Germany. Because if we're going to see wages accelerating, which we have to for higher inflation in the eurozone, it's probably going to be led by Germany. The IG Metall Union, which is the most important union in Germany, they started a strike um, on Monday. Uh, demanding a 6% increase in salaries, in addition to which um, they want to see shorter working hours as well. The current offer is only 2%. Now, there's always a, you know, a big demand put in by IG Metall at the start of the pay round, but it does seem this time round with a clear shortage of available workers in some sectors of the economy, but they stand a better chance of, of get something closer to what they want to see. Were that to happen, that may just be the sort of trigger which starts to get, you know, Eurozone wages as a whole moving higher, and clearly that's going to have you know, feed-through effects into the final level of Eurozone inflation itself. Um, otherwise, in the, in the Eurozone this week, the only other point of note will probably be the ECB minutes for Thursday. Um, in, on Thursday, they'll be for December. In practice, though, it's probably a bit of a non-starter, as, of course, all the big decisions for 2018 were made in the previous meeting in October.
As far as the UK is concerned, there aren't really too many important figures coming out this week. Just the industrial production numbers on Wednesday. They'd like to show that the economy, it's certainly underperforming the US, underperforming the Eurozone as well. But it's still doing probably rather better than most people expected, given all the ongoing Brexit concerns. So the pound's holding on relatively well at the moment. With regard to Brexit, I suppose I should just quickly mention that there was a cabinet reshuffle which took place yesterday and continued today. It wasn't particularly significant in the sense that all the big posts were unchanged. But reading between the lines, it does look as if, if you like, the remainers within the party probably came out slightly better than before. And at the margin, at least, will boost hopes that we'll get some kind of soft Brexit as and when we actually get to this final date in March time. And that's about it for me. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you, Mark. Until next week.